This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Hold True Tattoo Studios. The new studio is now open in Hamilton, and if you're interested in getting any tattoo work done or discussing any designs, please contact the chief artist, Brian Bell. You can find Hold True Tattoo Studios on Instagram and on Facebook, so if you're at all interested, please check them out. You're, you're the first person that's actually thought that uh, I was trying to play a joke on them. So that, right. that to me, that to me is the type of person that I want on on the podcast. Because just when we were chatting the other day on the phone, your modesty just blew me away. That's brilliant. <laughs> it's what we should be like. Yeah, I think. Well, cheers, Kareem. I mean, it's just it just seems to go natural, sort of hand in hand. Yeah, I think it's the hand that you dealt with as a kid, isn't it? I suppose. It's, Maybe I'm not too sure. But it 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 did it touch me because when when you said when I'd sent you the initial contact to invite you on and you said I'm looking at this thinking, is this guy having me on? That that that's brilliant. So as that that's brilliant. But listen, we'll, we'll we'll do maybe about an hour or so, unless the conversation goes longer, which I'm okay. I'm, uh, I'm happy for. So you'll be absolutely fine. Uh, right, let's 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 start with two things. So the first thing I'll say is uh, you're known as the warrior monk. Now that was one of the first things that drew attention uh, to you. And then as I was going through your Instagram feed, I think it was, and you were there was some photographs of you sitting getting your hair shaved. Yeah. Uh, obviously part of that. So let's start there because I think that's really interesting. So how <laughs> does a girl from Liverpool become a Buddhist monk. How did that happen? Um, it, it's a weird sort of one, to be fair. Um, it's a bit of a long story. Um, Go for it. Two, Go for it. Um, in, in 2008, I was going through a really, really tough time. Um, my father was dying. Um, my personal situation at home wasn't great. And I was under a lot of pressure at work. Um, mm-hmm. I got accused of bullying at work, which, which is not me. Right. Um, so I ended up being counselled, and the guy that was uh, my counsellor was an ordained Buddhist monk, okay. and I didn't know at the time. It's only later on when we spoke, um, I'd expressed an interest in meditation, and he said, do you know what, this, this group's a good group, you might like it, why don't you come along? And and it kind of went from there and snowballed, yep. it, if, if I'm honest. He's, <laughs> I liked it because it was... The environment was seemed natural to me with form, same as martial arts. Um, everything just kind of like fell into place. Yep. So from there, I was like, right, I'm really into this. I like it. I've not touched my phone for two hours. I'll <laughs> go back next week and I'll see if it's the same. Yep. Went back. Okay, it's the same. Slept like a log. But I really want to get into this. What is it? What's the passion? So... I was going and going, and then after a month, it was kind of like, um, okay, um, formally you would ask your teacher to be your teacher. Okay. Um, it's called Shokun, and mm-hmm. it's a, a really short ceremony. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I really like the sound of that, because then there's no get-out clause, is there? Yeah. It's like, uh, will you be my teacher? Um, 
you know, will you accept me as a student? Mm-hmm. So I kind of after like, it was probably about three months, I, I asked my teacher to be my teacher. And my teacher is a guy called Dave Scott, okay. who's seventh down, Waitiru Karate, right. who had gone into Zen, um, I think through the karate practice. Okay. Um, he's very well renowned and everyone knows him. So after that, I was like, right, I want to deepen my practice because I've seen so many similarities between Zen and martial arts. The right. form translates so easy. It's like we bow into the dojo. Mm-hmm. So they bow to an altar. We bow to a kamidana. Everything was right. Okay, this is this is where I want to be. This I couldn't. I can't express in words the connection between the two. Mm-hmm. It's just my passion. I just, I just love it. And then we ended up, um, Jukai is kind of like the next serve, next source of step. I wish to live my life as a Buddhist. I will follow um, precepts, which is the same as vows. Okay, yeah. Um, so I did the Jukai ceremony. And then once I'd sat for a while, it was basically 2014. I thought, right, I, I really want to show up to this. This is my life. Mm-hmm. I want to dedicate my life to it. So I asked to be ordained. Um, I got turned down three times and it reminded me the story of uh, when you go to a monastery, mm-hmm. you knock once and they don't let you in because they want to see how determined you are. And it's like, yeah. they normally say after the third time, they let you in. Yeah. Um, so on the third time, I'd, um, I'd learned how to say it in Japanese. So okay. I goes in and I was like dead nervous. And I was like, <gasps> and I said it. And he looked at me and he was like, you really, really want to do it? And I said, yeah, because it means I'm going to show up to my life. I can save me community and there's no get out clause now. This yeah. is it. This is the deal. Yeah. Um, and he said, yeah. Really? I, I just like burst into tears. You could have bowled me over with a feather. Um, so basically, Tokido means home leaving. It's yeah. a home leaving ceremony. That doesn't necessarily mean you literally pick up sticks and move. That means you address your life. You have to wholeheartedly deal with everything that comes up, good, bad, ugly. And part of the ceremony is to have your head shaved. Right, yeah. And it's to teach you non-attachment. Okay. So I was like, yeah, Sam's just there. I have my hair short anyway. So yeah, go ahead. Um, Dead cocky, dead arrogant. Go on. Till about a day before. And Mm -hmm. we were in session, which is a retreat. It's like seven day retreat. And I was like, get me hair shaved, but not just shaved, like big to the bone. Yep, yep, yep. And I was like, I can't do it. Oh, God, I can't do it. I've just been the cocky kid from Liverpool that's gone sound. And now I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. um, but it was, it was beautiful. I, it was, um, your head is shaved by other monks. So, you kind of like routine is it you know you go and have a shower and you put on your first layer of robe there's three layers of robes um okay. so you put on your first layer which is a, a white robe and then you go and everything's there set out for you there was three of us um my friend Suzanne and my friend Keith and we sat there and it, you chant you light incense they explain what the ceremony is about yeah. and I'm sitting there and it's just like there's no going back now. <laughs> this is it. And once yep. they start shaving, because they start with the clippers, and to make it a communal thing, everybody takes turn. Okay. So, shaved. Okay, I can cope with that. You know, my hair's short, that's fine. But then that's it. You're laddered up. 
and then the Al Razor comes out. Um, was so that? Yeah, was it, was it, it like was a new, Was it like a new? Okay, actually, a question before that: Were you in any way sort of? Now they say that Buddhism isn't a religion. Am I right in saying that? But it's it's like a set of principles, or it's not like Islam or Catholicism or Judaism or any of the the, the main ones. What I'm trying to get so, to there was, were you religious before this, or was this like a, something that was brand new to you? As a child, I was pretty religious, so I was brought up as a Catholic. Right. Um, so I got um, christened, and um, I went to a Catholic school, and then kind of like at the age of 16, 17, my dad always said, well, you do what you need to do. If that's the religion that you want to do, then that's fine. My dad yeah. would support me, whatever. Um, and I kind of like sort of fell away from it, just being a young teenager, kind of getting on with life, I suppose. Yeah. But when I had the counselling, the guy's name's Paul, when I was counselled by Paul, I felt a really strong connection. Mm-hmm. I felt like he really, really understood me. And then when we were talking about meditation and he said, come to the group and try it, I think for me, because for me, the two sides of one coin, Mm-hmm. I, I personally treat it as a religion okay. because I, I, me- I give gratitude every morning. I meditate every morning. I meditate every evening. Mm-hmm. I recite sutras. I light incense. I do offerings. Mm-hmm. I, I treat that as a religion for me. Yeah. Um, it's incorporated slightly into the gym because we do moxal. Um, mm-hmm. And there's actually a dedicated meditation area right. because, you know, everyone's mental health and well-being especially now with suffering. Absolutely. We created a dedicated space before Very. lockdown mm-hmm. that people can use just to just get a little bit of peace. And we, I say to them, you know, at the end of the day, it's there. You do what you need to do. If you want me to guide you, I'll guide you. Yeah. This is how I do it. But maybe we can find a balance that's comfortable for them. Brilliant. Without yeah. me saying, I don't expect anyone to chant sutras. Yeah. But if they want to learn, then, hey, I'll teach them. I'll go, this is what we do. Fantastic. So was that, uh, uh, obviously you've said there that you feel it's like a religion and, and you, I'm going to use a term here that, that's maybe not controversial, but maybe uh, not for everybody. Did you feel sort of like born again, as in like a, a fresh start, or was this just skills that you were going to bring into your life as it was? Or, or was it like after that, sort of ceremony where the head was shaved and were you aiming to be like a, a new person or, or just a better person or what, what what did it bring to you? For me, I'd probably say a better person. Okay. Um, when you sit on a cushion, you sit with me, myself and I, you know, and everyone's like, oh, when you meditate, it must be like so blissful. You're just kind of like there. And I was like, no, there's no scarier thought than you sitting on a cushion with your demons. Yeah. I said, and they can be really scary. Sometimes you sit and it's okay. Sometimes you sit and stuff really comes up and you're like, wow, I, I don't know where that come from. Mm-hmm. Um, cliche, I think it's helped me be a better person. It's helped me be more compassionate, more understanding and more open. The thing with being more open is, I'll be honest, at the start, I was really, really depleted because I 
my role as a Buddhist priest is to serve the community. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in a tough area. We're in Norris Green in Croxteth. Okay. Uh, Norris Green, Croxteth, L11. You know, yeah. it's rough. Mm-hmm. But I see that as my purpose. And at first, I was trying to like, right, I really need to do this. And I pushed this so hard. And I ended up being depleted. And I was so tired. And I couldn't do one any. I couldn't teach it to dojo. Mm-hmm. Always nothing. I've now learned to give it a bit of take. So yeah. as Tokado, the set the ceremony is beautiful and it makes you realize, yes, you are there to, to save the community, but you're also there to look after yourself. So if I'm depleted, I can't help others, can I? Spot on, uh, spot on. It's so important now, just and it's I think it's it's becoming so popular. Uh, just any form of you know what? Actually, any form of anything that yeah. helps people with their mental health or uh, their mental health, sorry, or just their well-being, because I don't know. There's always this debate about where things as bad in the past, or are we are we softer nowadays, or do we just are we more aware of it nowadays? I like to think that people have always had these problems. But now, as a society and maybe a world, we're a bit more open to actually dealing with that. Yeah. Uh, so, I know we've got a lot to talk about today, and <laughs> uh, we will eventually go go way back. But as you were finding, not necessarily even Buddhism, but as you were finding counselling and, and, and meditation, uh, how did that initially help you through that? bad part of your, your father being unwell and, and things at home not being so good because everybody's got these sort of demons yeah. in, in one way or another so how how did the meditation and that initially help you before you took the the big the big leap meditation for for me personally because i can i can only give you my perspective uh meditation for me is like um i always describe it as a big sieve okay so, everything's in the past and you sieve it and what's important stays. So it's not a quick fix. So I meditate. I do like an hour of the morning, an hour of an evening. So I get up of the morning and your head's jocker. I need to do this, need to do that. So through sitting and you settle. So it settles your mind. It's not a question of, I'm not going to think about that because it's like school cinema, isn't it? When you say, I'm going to sit still, every thought pops into your head and yeah but meditation for me mm. sifts it out that's what's brilliant. really what's really important will stay that's brilliant and, it, and it's that that you can then look at and go okay that situation made me like really really angry but what really was it so i've now got the space to go yeah it made me angry but i actually feel okay so i can now address it and look at it yeah without having them emotions attached See, people always say that they can't not think about things and, and that's one of the big mistakes that people make. They think that meditation is clearing the mind and you're sitting there and you're not thinking about it. It's like, right, don't think about a green frog or the first thing you think about is a green frog. Green frog. It, that's such a misconception and, and I wish more people would, would initially get over that wee bump that that's not what you're trying to do. Yeah. But I've never heard it put the way you've just put it there, that, that's that got my, it's got me thinking already <laughs> about that sort of seven analogy is brilliant. 
uh, just to just to give you a bit of space in your head, isn't it? About mm. about thinking how how you're going to deal with anything, really. You see, we you've got a lot of stuff out there with mindfulness now. Mindfulness is amazing. I love it. It's but it's kind of um, my teacher would say it's a it's a quick fix. It's putting yep. a band aid on. Put yeah, a band aid on a yep, broken yep. arm, for example. Yeah, it feels okay. It's sound. But through, for me, daily routine of meditation has made me um, really step back and look at my life. Um, I'm really driven. Mm-hmm. And at first, that was scary for me. So I'm like, right, I just want to achieve goals. I'm so driven to do an X, Y, and Z. And then I've sat and I've gone, there's a reason I am driven mm-hmm. to do X, Y, Z. Because I wholeheartedly want to lead from the front. For, for my dojo, for my students, for the people in my sphere to say, listen, if I can do this with X, Y, and Z behind me, yeah. where people would have given up and gone, do you know what? I, I can't move forward. This is it. I'm done. Then if I can do it, the, li- the little kid from Crocky, if <laughs> I can do it, then anyone, anyone can do it. It's just stepping back to look at things, but... It's a difficult thing to do where people will sit for meditating and go, right, I've done 10 minutes, so what now? Yeah. So do another 10 minutes. Just just sit as still as you can and just let whatever be come up, be whatever when it comes up. Then sieve it yeah. over time. And then you'll have less stuff coming up, which will mean, for me, it's made me more open, more spacious. Mm-hmm. And as I say, hopefully more compassionate. <laughs> Absolutely. It's... Again, uh, what you've just said there about mindfulness, and I would like to think that I practice mindfulness, and I like to think that that is that sits alongside a form of meditation. Yes. And I think it's important that I think it's also important. I think that's about martial arts as well. That it, it's not just about saying this is exactly how meditation is, and if that doesn't work for you, then I think everybody's meditation is and can be different. Yes. But I love the idea of what you've just said there as well about uh, mindfulness being, I think I think you're right. I think it can be a quick fix just to give yourself some headspace to then make a decision. Mm. But unless you sort yourself out a couple of layers underneath that, quite a few layers underneath that actually. Yeah. Uh, that's really made me think there. Again, this is brilliant because it's, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, bro- brilliant. It, it, it's different for everyone because people say, yeah, I'll meditate. And, you know, you know yourself. I mean, if you're doing mindfulness, you'll know that kind of like after a few sessions in, things start to pop up. Mm-hmm. But if if you're not spacious enough, you can't, you can't look at them. Yep. Whereas I think meditation, it's a longer process. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I, I think, you know, it gives you that space. So I think the two, hands in hands, we do medita- uh, mindfulness games with kids here. Yep. I think hand in hand, they work really, really well. Yeah, we- um, again, probably not, you know, for me, I can have the one without the other. Mm-hmm. But I know my kids can't have 
yeah. your kids have to have mindfulness because they can't do meditation because it's too much. Okay, brilliant. Uh, right, so let's have a wee chat now about where you are right now, and and, and I mean along your, your sort of timeline, and then that'll establish where you are and what you've achieved so far, and we can talk a wee bit about your school, and and then we'll maybe jump back again, and we'll see how the story leads up to there, because I, I know you said when we spoke that you hadn't really done like a, a podcast or a sort of in-depth sort of interview before, and, mm. and I know... I know you're being brave today to actually talk about some stuff. Uh, so I'll try and be as gentle as I possibly can. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and, and we'll just see where, where this goes. So tell us a wee bit about the martial arts styles that you practice, the school that you've got, your, your sort of full-time dojo, and uh, tell us a wee bit about yourself there. Okay. And, I've got, and don't um... be too modest. Don't be too <laughs> modest. Go ahead. Um. I started, I started martial arts um, at the age of 15 and yep. I, I just fell in, fell in love with it. So I've ended up, I, I basically, I have my own martial arts academy, which is Mission Combat Academy. Um, it's a community interest company yep. because I didn't want to set anything up that was just um, sole trader. Mm -hmm. my, my childhood is the reason I've done it. I've done it because there were... <laughs> As a kid, I didn't have, I feel I didn't have the help that I needed with the situation we might discuss or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to create a safe, a safe haven, a hub where kids can come, they can train, they can do martial arts, yeah. they can meditate. Or, you know, quite a few have gone, Sue, can I talk to you? I'm kind of like anti-Sue. Kids will open up to me. Maybe that they most want to say stuff to the mum and dad. Yeah, of course. Um, I help so many kids through school, and but um, for me, you know, coming through the martial arts, I started with Japanese jiu-jitsu. Done it as a self-defense class. Mm -hmm. It was, um, I think it was three months. And I was like, I'm into this. Pretty good. Then that was it. The class had stopped. I was like, right, okay. So what, what are we doing now? <laughs> oh well, there's another class, and it's in. Okay, sound. I'll go to that. Yeah. Dead shy, dead quiet. Just used to go do my training and then get off. And then, then at one point it was six nights a week. Yeah. Um, kind of like purple belt level. Um, always known as Sue, little Sue from Crocky. <laughs> no matter what dojo I went to. Yeah. And then eventually, um, took me black belt test in the World Jiu Jitsu Federation in 1990. Yep. From then, it was like, right, I want to get my second on. So I've got to wait two years. So that's fine. No problem. Waited two years, trained hard again, continued the six days a week. Um, but I felt like something was missing in my training. I never took my second on. I waited 10 years. With, and I'll be honest, the reason I, went, I waited 10 years is I was really arrogant and cocky. Okay. I took my black belt test. Um, felt really good. And then through the next two years, I think I've become really egotistical, to be fair. And I kind of took a big step back and I was like, wow, this is, this is really bad. This is not me. This, no. this is not how not I envisage myself. So I started mixing with other things. Um, one of the first things I went to was <laughs> um, Thai boxing. Okay. Um, so I've got a friend called Colin Heron. 
he mm-hmm. ran Fighters and Fitness, which is now Team Carbon. Okay. So I we went to Fighters and Fitness um, when it was first there, and I was training. I was doing one to ones with him. Um, loved it. And then as they got the the new gym, I was like, Colin, can I jump on your advanced tight class? I I I thought I was damn good at sparring. I was the bee's knees in jujitsu. No yeah. one could touch me. So Colin goes, of course you can. So within the first, after the warm up, I'll probably say 10 minutes, this lad had like ping me loads. And Colin walks past and he starts laughing at me. And he's like, you're all right, King. I'm like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm fine. Ping, ping, ping. <laughs> and then yeah. at the end of the class, I said to him, I need to learn this. Yeah. Can I learn this? That was a, a really, really good ego check for me. So I stayed with Colin for about nine years doing the Thai boxing, uh, jumping on the MMA. I found it really, really gelled well with me, Japanese jiu-jitsu. So I stayed with Colin for a long time. Um, And then while I was there, I bumped into two other people. I started doing Yang style Tai Chi, um, similar sort of time scale, to be fair. Mm. But I wanted to do it more for form and for martial application. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. rather than the health and I was really fortunate that the teacher I had showed me both sides I mean yeah uh, um I did a screamer um again the wealth of gratitude I've got for the people who fell in my life is and I mean fell in my life is unreal yeah I worked at Taskers for years and there was a guy there and he, he just come in he was talking and he was from Philippines and he's like, oh, I'm looking for the dojo to train in to do a screamer. I was like, I could probably share mat space with you in Vices and Fitness. You know, mm-hmm. we haven't got a full class. We become really good friends. We train together. And then after a couple of years, I ended up grading to up to Guru, which is third Dan. Okay. Um, with him, loved him. Absolutely awesome guy called Mike Sanchez. And the, the style was Camot Mindanao. Yeah. Um, I did, I've ended up kind of like spidering. So uh-huh. I went, yeah, yeah. went for jujitsu to Thai while I was doing Thai. I did Yang style Tai Chi, I did a screamer. Um, when I'd done Yang style Tai Chi, I was fortunate enough to start to do Aikido and he taught me Aikijitsu. So I got a, an associate grade of fifth dan at the time okay. with uh, Aikishin Tanren. And then I just wanted to delve more and more so two years ago um through Vinny Shawman yeah um I went to see Vinny in 2018 okay um he really helped me flip my script yeah really really did um and we were talking and he suggested somewhere said this is a really good gym and I went along and two years have flown by I was always like, oh, boxing. No, boxing doesn't work with jiu-jitsu. Sans is wrong. What? Is that the Four Corners? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. I absolutely yeah. love it. The guys are awesome with me. Really, really yeah. awesome. Um, How did, what, what, did, did you do any mind work with any, or was it just a, is that, were you working with any for? Yeah, I've done the four, sorry, fly. <laughs> fight that's all right. fly. Um, four weeks to freedom. I'm disappointed you didn't get that with chopsticks there. Oh, I've got none. I'll try. You know, I'll try with a pen. <laughs> I, I, I've caught ten already today with my chopsticks, so you're you're lagging behind me there. So I'm disappointed. Anyway, carry so, on. <laughs> um, I did the four weeks to freedom with Vinny. Um, 
and yeah, he really. It was it was difficult speaking to to Vinny, as as like this is difficult. Yeah. If you put me on the mat with ten lads, I'll be fine. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 it's not a problem. But doing stuff like this and chatting to Vinny was like really really difficult. Um, but near the end of the four weeks, he. He said something to me, and I'll be honest, it's it's the whole sort of, you know, when, when a penny drops. Yeah, yeah. He said to me, you survived for a reason. You now need to find what that reason is. And I've gone, I've never looked at it that way. Yeah. Not not at all. Um, so what he said really, really resonated for me, and it's it's... It gave me it gave me the right kick up the jacksey that I needed to be fair. Yeah. I worked with Vinny just before my uh, six degree test over in the states, and yeah. uh, just very quickly, just a couple of sessions, and obviously just had done the preparation, but just at that last minute anxiety about flying over there, and I had a bunch of students that were coming to grade and support the test, and as you know yourself, it's a fair bit of pressure having to perform in front of your own students as well. Yeah. And uh, I, I still haven't told anybody, and I'm not going to disclose it. <laughs> probably won't disclose it ever, but just something that you had me do and say to myself yeah. uh, on the day of the grading. And when you look back on it, I said this because Vinny was on this, the podcast with me. When I look back on it, uh, I can remember what I'd say and stuff uh, hmm. But I'll never forget how he made me feel. And I know that's that's quite a cliched statement as well. That you won't always remember what they said, but you'll remember how they made you feel. And uh, I wish that's something that more people would... It's becoming more popular now amongst anybody, but yeah, I don't need a mind coach and I don't need this and I don't need that. And I think maybe if people opened up a wee bit more, they would realise the benefit they could get out of it. Well, Vinny actually said to me, he said, I don't think... I remember messaging me, he said, I don't think martial arts is your thing. Now, I'll be honest, at the time, I was really only teaching kids. I wasn't teaching adults much. That was left to me partner at the time. Yeah. Um, I'd really sort of lost my way. Martial arts, I've been really honest. It's kind yeah. of like, I can cope with teaching the kids, but the adults, you give so much, not always everything comes back, and I find that really difficult to deal with. Yeah, me too, yeah. Um, but I ended up going to um, a seminar in Manchester and meeting a group called um, United Kingdom Budo Federation. Yeah. And we become pretty good friends over time. Um, you know, probably within six months, the friendship had grown with the three directors there. Now, I'm, I'd message one of them and I said, I really like what you promote. They promote the Budo values, which is what we do as our gym values. Yeah. So like you, what you promote, what's, what's the script enjoying and what do we need to do? And, you know, the head guy's guy called Mark Wood. He's their jiu-jitsu guy. And he's like, do you know what? We really like you, so we'll take you. And I said, no, let me do it formally. And then, you know, you can say yes or no. Um, so they accepted me and made me their regional representative uh, right. for the Northwest. Um, but I said, I'll only accept Ambitious Combat Association. Peter and Dawn have been absolutely amazing with me and I've been with them since, I think it's 2011 I joined them. Okay. I said, so I will only join your organisation if you let me stay part of this. And okay. that's who yeah. I'm with. Yeah, I understand, yeah. Like, be dual. 
Um, so we ended up training and then training all the time. They did seminars and I was like, teach on seminars. Then they gave me one ear. They said, would you do the end of year seminar? Um, I was really nervous. Loved it. Absolutely loved it, to be fair. Um, and then last year, um, Mark again had messaged me and said, right, you're doing loads of training, your personal development. You know, we were doing like five hours a day. Um, I have a lad that trains with me. Um, me, me training partner challenges me in many ways. He's bigger than me, he's heavier than me. He really makes me up my game. Yeah. So I've managed to maintain certain amounts of training with him. And Mark said, listen, why don't you, know, all this training, why don't you put it towards a seven-time test? Okay, brilliant. And I was like, yeah, all right. Um, so how does it work? And he said, well, it's a seven-time, you know, and people don't, a lot of people this level don't grade. You know it yourself, stepping yeah. on a mat, doing a six-time grade. There's yeah. not many people do it. So I've gone, do you know what? I'll, I'll do it if you let me do a mat grade. Okay, yep, yep, yep. And he went, so you're 50? I went, yeah. So he went, and you're full of injuries and you want to do a mat grade? I said, yeah, well, I can stand and bang. Let me stand and bang. Yeah, said, yeah. Let me do it. Pass or fail. I can say I've tried. Yeah. Um, so we managed to do it before lockdown last time. Very. Um, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I'd do it all over again. <laughs> you know, it's one of those ones where uh, you invest so much of you, and I was going to say you yeah. did so much physically and mentally, but it's it's, it's even, and I, I know this sounds pretty grand, but it's you, you just invest yourself in it. Mm. Uh, but, oh, what a feeling it gives you, just, just that, it, yeah. It, re, it rekindled my fire for jujitsu because um, my training partner, he, he, as I say, he's bigger. And as we're training, I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Oh, my God. Do you know what? I'm going to take it out the syllabus. Because if I can't teach it, yeah. then I can't show it, can I? If I can't do it, I can't teach it and I can't show it. So I was literally sitting there and like, right, I'm going to take that out the syllabus. That's coming out. That's coming out. And he's like, you can't. Mm-hmm. You need to find a way to adapt and change. Yeah. And I've gone, do you know what? You're dead right. So we started going through stuff. Um, by the time the grading come round... I've never felt like this in a long time. I was like, right, I want to get on the mat. I want to do my grading. I am ready to go, pass or fail. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's see how we get on. Um, <laughs> it's so... It, 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 it feels me even more. <laughs> so funny you say that because if that was the case, none of my students would do jump kicks. And they all do jump kicks. But when I try and jump, as I always say, you're lucky if you could fit a newspaper under me. Uh, <laughs> so... If I took stuff out of the curriculum that I couldn't physically do myself, there wouldn't be much left in it. But do you know, you've, you've had the point there about being able then to find a way of, of, of still teaching that or, or getting that across yeah. to your students. And that's a, a huge role for, especially as people get more mature in age, uh, not older, more mature in age. <laughs> then I like that. You, you, have to, you have to find a way that you can... You can still pass on yeah. what you know. You, you've got to. It's part of. I think that's part of our development as well. I think it's. In, I think it's important. The the only bit that kind of like grates with me with that is I'll do like. Um, I don't think I personally don't think all training is done in the dojo. 
So I, I, I'm a firm believer. I mean, John, John, that probably 12, 10 to 12 month period, I would look at something and I would go, right, this isn't working on him. What do I need to change? Yeah. So I would literally try in a dojo, didn't work. Then I'd go home and be rooting through loads of my judo books and jujitsu books, looking at really, really old texts to go, okay, so how did they do it years ago? How has yeah. it transitioned and changed? Okay, as a little short person, how can I change that dynamic yeah. to throw this big guy? Yeah. Um, and I get really disheartened when I say to people, um, okay, how are you cultivating your mind outside the dojo? How are you taking your training? Well, I'm not in the dojo, so there's no point. No, that it's exactly the other. You need to... You need to live it. You need to be there. If you want to take a downgrade, you need to show up to that downgrade. And you yeah. need to be able to stand on the mat. And if you fail, you need to say, I have done everything I can to try to get that grade. What can I change? So, you know, halfway through my seventh dance test, I, I, was, I didn't think I was going to do it. I ain't going to lie. It's kind of like, Started off really, really quick pace because you're dead overexcited, aren't you? Yes, yeah. yeah. Paul Adam, I'm throwing and I'm locking, and I'm just kind of like, oh, I think I'd got like 20 minutes in. I was like, I need to slow the pace down here. I need yeah. to find a way to <laughs> to kind of like ignore the panel and slow yeah. things down. And then, probably about an hour in, I was like, I ain't go gonna get through a three hour exam here. I am flying, mm -hmm. I need to settle. Yeah. Um, but I know if I'd have failed, it's been my fault for going too fast. Yeah, yeah. I should have slowed yeah. things down. Yeah. When we, in, uh, in our association, Emma, uh, we grades, that day when I tested for sixth degree, we had someone testing for eighth degree and ninth degree. Wow. Uh, and actually going up there and going through their forums and, and doing their stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing how your mind plays tricks because... So we had a black belt test, people going for first dan, all the way through all the dans. And the way our grandmaster done the test was he had the two people going for grandmaster test first. Yeah. So I was sitting thinking, oh, brilliant. He's going to go down the way. So he's going to go ninth degrees and then go down the dance. Yeah. And this is where your mind plays tricks on you because... He didn't. So he done the two ninth degree tests, and then he actually then invited them to join the the the, the table. All right. And then went from first degree all the way up to like sixth degree. So oh. I was actually standing there watching this test for the first few hours, plodding on. And that's where if you get up and and you don't, you're not able to control yourself mentally. Mm. As you say, you start too quick, for example, and before you know it, you're goosed and 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 you're in trouble. So. It really takes a lot of uh, mental strength and maybe it's experience as well. Maybe it's, it's yeah. that thing that you can get from having done it for for, for so long. Uh, we use, we use meditation with our Yudansha, so our senior black belts. Mm -hmm. um, we basically teach them how to meditate. It's, it's, it's in the Moxau and then we try to develop it further. We don't push it, but it's there. Yep. So generally on our black belt tests, the lads have got a space where they can sit and meditate to okay. settle. Then they can warm up and hopefully their head's in a better place. Yeah. And then carry on life. Yeah. Okay. Hey, right. So let's 
we were here. Let's go all the way back now. Uh, and I know this is the bit of the, the, the sort of chat today that's you're maybe going to find difficult. So take as much time as you want. Uh, and I, I love the fact that this is like a... Uh, it's just a wee journey that, as I say, when we spoke, was it yesterday we spoke on the phone? I think it was. Just yep. uh, that it's, I think it's brave that people share their experiences. That's the first thing I'll mm -hmm. say. And I think there's so many, uh, there's so many people that don't ever, and it's just always up here and, and yeah. they don't share that. So we've, we've just looked at how, and again, you'll be, you'll be hiding here when I say this, but how successful you've actually been. And the stuff that you've achieved is quite extraordinary. That's made even more extraordinary by how you got there. So right. you're saying right, but I, I know I'm right because, because it is. So uh, the floor's yours. You can talk about anything that you're comfortable with and, and then we'll take the conversation for there. So. Okay. Um... I, I don't really know where to begin. To be fair, I mean, if I tell you me, if I tell you my story, and how that led to me martial arts. Perfect. Um, yeah. Spot on. So, at the age of five, I was in house fire um, in Liverpool. So we were we were in flats like um, masonette sort of style flats. Yep. Um, they were actually called the piggeries. The, the reason they were given the nicknames was the fire exits were blocked. The lifts didn't work. It was really bad dump, to be fair. There was kind of like three of them, sort of back to back. Yeah. Um, so one night we'd had a fire, basically that raged through the flat. I was the only sole survivor. So I was, um, there was six, six people involved. Yeah. Um, so I lost five, five of my family members. Um, so everyone was DOA except me. Yeah. Um, my mother was on the balcony holding me in her arms, kind of to give you a sort of view of it. So she stood on the balcony with me, the youngest child, screaming for help. No one could get in, no one could get out. Um, so, um, so I was, I was, I was the only one um, that come out. Uh, it turns out. Years later, um, I found out when I was like 16 that she'd sacrificed their life for me. So I was bullied at school because I'm covered in skin grafts. So I'd gone from kind of like a really traumatic childhood. Um, I was bullied. I'm, I'm probably covered in about 60% skin grafts. Um, me ears. Everyone thinks it's a cauliflower ear, so I'll go with that. <laughs> um, but through that, I, I was bullied throughout school and and then, as I say, <laughs> me brain's in such a situation that when I was 16, um, kind of like a, a distant family member had said to me, no, this is actually what happened, told me everything that had gone on. And he said, the way your brain's a situation, he said, what happens is she knew there was no way out. So she's held you yeah. and she's protected you from the flames. Now, it took me 38 years to come to terms with that, I'm not going to lie, it's really, really traumatic, and that's one of the things that Vinny mentions and Vinny helped me with. Yeah. And um, you know, when he said to me, "You survived for a reason," I've gone. Do you know what? 
yeah and I, I need to show up to that now because if if there's a day in my life that I don't show up to that her sacrifice was for nothing so yeah. coming through school through the bullying um, I never had a, I mean there was no counselling for you know when I was a kid that was unheard of yeah. so it was difficult for me coming through school um, my dad brought me up um, you know he, he's passed on now I love my dad but it was a really really strict upbringing from the age of six my dad was disabled I had to my my schooling was go to school come home cook for my dad clean for my dad put yeah. my dad to bed I never had what other kids had but I thought that was normal that's yeah. kind of like, yeah that, that's what you do it was only one day that like the kids are like oh well we're off to Colomendi but I can't go because I'm looking after my dad well that's unusual is that what you do and it wasn't different for me. That was, I thought every kid did that. Yeah. So as I've come and I've learned martial arts and me, me dad hated it. When I went to the self-defense school, as I said, I was 15 at that time. And he was like, I don't want you to go. And I was like, but it's some, something I really want to try. I want to have a go at. But because it took me away from, it took me away from the home life. So yeah. I would, my day was go to school, deal with school whatever way I could, to come home, it's still all in my head, mm-hmm. and then cook my dad's tea, sort my dad out, then I would go to training, then I'd come back quarter past nine, I'd put my dad to bed, make sure he's okay, and the whole day would kind of like yeah. routine again. Yeah. Um, as, as I've come through, my family's a, a small family, but my family didn't really get on. There was lots of nitpicking and stuff all through my childhood. Yeah. But over the years, you know, I've lost family members through cancer and leukemia and stuff like that. So I've gone, right, okay, these people were in my life and they were very significant people. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise till I was much older, till I was like in my 30s, 40s. I've not realised how much these people meant to me. When they say in Buddhism, they say time swiftly passes by and opportunities are lost. Do you know what? There's, there's, there's no there's no greater saying than that. And the fact that, you know, as I say, my ma sacrificed their life to give me mine. So if, if, I, if I don't show up on a daily basis, then I can't not do it. I can't. I've got to, and I've, I've got to lead from the front. I've got to say to the kids who come to my club, this is what happened to me as a kid. I've come through, I've had a traumatic experience. I've been bullied, you know, I've had trauma in work. I've had difficulties with my dojo my whole life. We can get through. We can't. We just need to step back and go, do you know what? I understand that, but I, I can't flip that script. It's yeah. just your attitude to do it. And if I, I don't push that to my kids, that then I feel I'm not showing up. I'm not saying to my kids, do you know what? It can be okay. Just a bit of trust, a bit of, a bit of faith in yourself, not faced with people. It's, I, wonder, I wonder why it takes that for people to have, to have that feeling that you've got that that we shouldn't be missing these op- these opportunities because uh, as you say life just goes and we, it's because we take it for granted it's because the 
we think the people who are around us are going to be there for years. They're yep. not. And I, I'll be honest, this, this pan, I can't even say it, pandemic. Pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff that's going on right now, um, that's made me really realise who is in my life. My dojo's been shut almost for the full year. We've been open, we've been shut. I can't bear being away from the kids. Yeah. It, it's daft. I've got, I, I don't have children, but I love supporting the kids that are here. I love supporting the adults that are here. I love the community. I've got an extended family. You know, Vinny always said to me, you're looking for a family. Last year I went, in my head, I've gone, I'm not looking for a family. I've found a family. My family is the children and parents and the adults who come to Mushroom Martial Arts Academy because they're the people who message me daily, weekly. Hi, Sue, what's going on? You're okay. Yeah. And it's tough that for me to go, wow, I can't be without my dojo. So I will fight hand and tooth to keep my dojo, to create a place to give, especially to kids, to give them what I didn't have as a kid. They need that link. That's got to be there. If I don't do that, then I feel I've wasted my time. It's daft. I feel that it's my purpose. I feel this probably sounds really pretentious. Not at all. Go ahead. I feel it's my purpose to change someone's life. That's why I try to push from the front. That's why I try to inspire, believe, achieve is one of the mottos. Yeah. Um, and I'm really passionate about that. I think that's so important. Not just as a teacher, as a friend, as a as a role model. You know, I don't want to say a female role model because I'll be honest with you, I I don't see gender in martial arts. That yeah. that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. If, if like my training partner, if I can't do something, I will find a way. Yeah. And that's just the difference in dynamics, and it's um, to learn to overcome, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I'll find a way. You you, uh, I'm taking. Give me a wee minute here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your experience as is, uh, is I don't even know where to start with this. So your experience as to the extreme. Mm. Even people when they just when they, they they recover from an illness, for example. Yeah. And then there's a stage where they think to themselves, "I was so lucky to to be here." I'm going to go and live my life now. Uh, and that feeling only lasts for a month or a, or six months. And then, and listen, I'm as guilty as this as anybody. I've had moments in my life where I've thought, right, okay, I've got over this. I'm going to grab this life by the sort of collar in them. Mm-hmm. And then in six months, you're back to your own bad habits and yeah. and stuff. What, what, what you're doing, that, and again, here comes another compliment, so so get ready. That bravery is un, unbelievable. It just mm-hmm. is to have that to say. But do you know, I hadn't, see when I was like, taking notes and looking through your Instagram page and stuff, that bravery word didn't really come into my head, but it's spot yeah. on. What you're doing to lead the life that you're trying to lead now is exceptionally brave, and you're doing it for all the right reasons. I just wish more people could... Do you know? Like, I'm like, ah, oh, come on, guys! Like, just. But I'm talking to myself there as well. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely talking to myself that we, we, 
well, why do people do that? You're in a great position to to say to people, don't do this. Like, really go and live your life and and go for it. But what? Why do people fall away? What? Why, why is that? I'm not. Do you know what? I honestly don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have my wobbles. Yeah. I mean, this year I've had well, 2020 I've had plenty. <laughs> but for me, I I I go back to my childhood. I always go back to my story. Why am I doing this? You know, um, I lost my mum and my brother in the fire. Um, you know, my sister was supposed to be getting married just after December. She was pregnant. At, uh, wedding dress was hanging in the wardrobe when the fire fireman went in after the fire there was a little red fire truck which I used to play in apparently yeah. I was a tomboy <laughs> it was this little red uh, fire truck and her dress was untouched and I look at stuff and I go every time I have a wobble I take myself back and go right okay so for me what is not so much my purpose what is it why do I need to move forward? Why do I why do I feel the need to help kids? Because life was given to me. Yeah. That life was given to me. And if I throw it away to the wind, I can't even think of, of the saying. But if I if I throw it away, then for me, my life's not. And I, I haven't got a purpose. Yeah. I think one of the greatest things is to find your purpose. And I understand that people struggle, but you know. As Vinny said, you know, things hit you, you know, and, and yes, you get down, you know, I hold my hands up, I do have my wobbles, yep, I yep. have my moments, but then I go, do you know what, what you are feeling now will pass, every day is different, every morning the sun shines, yep. every night the moon is there, you know, the sun and the moon don't show up for me. They don't go, oh, I'm popping out today, so we're just going to come out for a bit. <laughs> they're, just, they're just there, aren't they? So what I am feeling right now will pass. Everything will be okay. It's just sometimes it just takes time. Yeah. And it's understanding that, yeah, it'll hurt. You know, I mean, if you're going through a traumatic bit, as I say, it took me 38 years to come to terms with something that, to be fair, and really kind of thought about it it was as I said it was Vinny who flipped the script and yeah. it's, I now look at that as with the deepest gratitude and I try to every morning go do you know what I am grateful to be alive I am grateful to share my story I am grateful to be around people that I love yeah. you know I don't know what to do if I didn't have me gym and the people around me yeah. but it, it's hard when you when you're in a traumatic place to to move forward but I'm hoping that sharing sharing my story and that's what I try to do on Instagram this is my journey yeah you know if 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 I can inspire just to go do you know what today I'm going to give it a go I'm going to be positive I'm going to wake up every morning and go do you know what I am really grateful to be alive and today I'm going to go to the gym today I'm going to go for a jog today I'm going to go for a walk just that and it makes you feel so much better. But I understand people struggle. Mm -hmm. I think it's to nick your word, brave. Yeah, I think sometimes you just yeah. need to be brave and go, I'm doing something different today. I think uh, two of the things that I've tried to get better at, and then 
I don't know if you find this, but I find that it's just natural for me that if it's something I'm thinking about uh, or something I'm working on, I, I then just automatically share that with, with my students. Uh, yeah. And I, if I've got an idea that I've maybe meditated on, I'll the next class it will come out in my teaching and I'll, I'll say, yeah. let's talk about this or let's think about this. And years previously that was on, you could only do that whilst you were teaching, but now it can be a social media post or, or whatever. Is, so the two things that I've really thought about over the last year and a half, two years, is gratitude, which you've mentioned quite a lot today, uh, in perspective as well. Yeah. And get, just actually taking a step back and putting things into perspective. The one that I want to chat with you now about is that gratitude. Uh, as I say, you've mentioned it a few times, and there's lots of social media stuff about... Yeah being you've got to show gratitude and it's just wee pictures but how do you actually bring it into your life every day what's your practice for actually reflecting on on your gratitude okay um it probably sounds pretty boring to be fair but for me um gratitude for me is daily practice just the same way as um, your daily practice would be to go to dojo and do kata. Yeah. So my my daily practice is I get up in the morning and the first thing I do is like, right, I am grateful to be awake. And today, today I'm going to be as positive as I can. And then I'll sit and meditate for an hour. I'll do half hour sitting and then stretch my legs, then a, another half an hour. Okay. And then I'll look at that, I go, do you know what? I'm grateful to have the dojo, so I'll go to the dojo today. Um, uh, so I'll come to the dojo, I'll do a bit of training, I'll go back home. I, I find routine kind of like makes me aware of gratitude. And it, it's simple things like I'll make a brew and I'm like, well, it's really cold outside, I'm really grateful to have this hot drink today. So yeah. it, I, know, I know it sounds silly. No, it doesn't. But it, I think gratitude is abundant, but I, I think we take gratitude for granted. Yep. We have to think something good has got to come to be grateful. It, do, it doesn't have to be good. You know, um, I am grateful that I've learned to understand why my mum sacrificed their life. Mm-hmm as harsh as that sounds as kind of like you know it, it's difficult I mean I did um, a little I did a little podcast intro yesterday and my mate said to me that sounds so sad I was like I need to show you the video I'm actually laughing and smiling yeah. but it's an audio and he said no it sounds so like and I was like I can't express in words how grateful I am for this opportunity so I don't look for it every day so I'll get up I'll give it I'll I'll give gratitude to the universe. I'll meditate. I'll come to the dojo because I'm grateful to have the dojo. I'll phone people or I'll message people because I'm grateful to have them in my sphere. Yeah. I'll do what for me is natural, but people go, no, I have to think about doing that. No, but you don't have to think about that. To be fair, just step back and and look at what look at what you've got in your life. And I don't mean. Um, I've got 
you know, I've got a house, I've got a Porsche, I've got a, <laughs> that, that's not gratitude, you know. Yeah, yeah. Grace, you know, if someone wants them, then sounds. I've got a roof over my head. I've got a dojo. I've got a life. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm living my life. I've got people around me. That's gratitude. Mm-hmm. Not physical objects that you can you can touch. Yeah. But it, it, it's a weird one. I, I just think people think gratitude is um oh, I've won tenor on a scat on a scratch card and they're grateful. Yeah. That's not gratitude, come on. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, I hear you. It's uh, the, the the kids and the, the, the adult students that you have, look, what's your, and again, this is an opportunity because it's not just your own students that you're sort of touching with, with, with this sort of conversation. It's anybody that watches or listens to the podcast, but what, what, what would your number one uh, lesson be? And again, obviously that doesn't have to be like a physical lesson, but what would your number one physical thing you want to pass over to your, your students, to the members of your dojo. And then obviously that message goes out on, on this podcast or to anybody that might listen to this or what's, what's that one thing you want to give people? I would probably say show up to your life wholeheartedly without question, without yeah. reserve. So if, if, if you want to do something then you need to find a way to do it. You know, far too many of us will go like, I mean, when I was going for my first showdown test, I got to, to Purple Belt. Um, and we do a move called Shoulder Wheel. Okay. Um, it's kind of sort of over the top, like a Russian dance sort okay. of thing. Um, but you was, we originally learned it standing up. And obviously I'm a little shorty and everyone was bigger than me. And I remember I was on the mat and I was just like, my um, instructor at the time was a guy called John Irons, and I was like, I can't do this. And he was like, look, Sue, let's break it down. I said, and no matter how much he broke it down, in my head, I can't do this. No matter what he said, and how patient he was, that's all I kept saying to him. And I stormed off the mat. Yeah. I threw a proper childish, childish, seriously fit. Stormed off the mat and went to changing rooms. And he followed me, come out. And they went, what do you mean you can't do it? I can't do it. I can't physically do it. I don't understand it. I was like, so you're going to give up? So you've trained for three years to get to this level because you couldn't do one thing. You're going to give up. Everything's just, that's it, done. And I've gone, no, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to do it. So show up to your life wholeheartedly without question. If you want to do something, you find the way to do it. You should have the desire to do it anyway because you thought about, I want to do it. I wanted to be a black belt. I wanted to take my second on in two years. Didn't take it because I was cocky and I was arrogant. Ten years later, I got forced to take it on the mat. I was, um, I got told, right, King, you're grading now. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he's like, no, you're grading now. Um, got through the grading. Then took fourth down. I was awarded. No, no. Sorry, graded fifth, I was awarded sixth, I graded for seventh. And every time I stand on the mat, I say, to, I wouldn't do anything or ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. But all I ask you to do is if you want to take yellow belt, orange belt, black belt, whatever, 
that you do everything you can. You show up. You want to do it. If you want to learn to meditate, you don't sit for 10 minutes and go, oh, that's it, I'm done now. So I've done that. What do we do next? Mm-hmm. No, you do it. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have had and still have amazing teachers around me. You know, one of them was teaching me, um, was teaching some movements with the Bokken. And there was a couple of people in the class, so I, I'm doing my movements. And if, if he says, cut straight down, I will stand there till the cows come home. Mm. And I will cut straight down because he's told me to do that. And I understand as a martial artist, repetition is important. Yeah, yeah. Others in the class go, right, I've done that 10 times now, so so what do I do? That's not showing up to your life, old Artie. That's ticking the box. I've done that now. Take, I'll move on. You, you need to, I, I can't, I can't express the importance of it. Show to your life, live your life, be fully present. Then that will open up your gratitude. It will open up your heart. It will make you more open. It will make you spacious. And for me, it made me realize how egotistical I was as a youngster. And I've gone, I never want to be that person again. Brilliant. Brilliant. Right. Do you know what I'm going to do? So just before we finish, I'm going to get your... Unless you know it, do you know off the top of your head what your handle is on Instagram so people can, can follow you? Uh, it's Warrior Monk. Warrior Monk. Warrior Monk Liverpool. Warrior Monk Liverpool. Yeah. I think it's yeah. got an underscore on it. It does. It does. So it's Warrior Monk Liverpool underscore. And I'll just make, I wanted that to be in the episode so people can can go on and, 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 and follow. Uh, and you're on Facebook as well, and you've got a YouTube channel. Yeah, I have. Um, I've got. I haven't got a YouTube channel yet. Okay, um, right, that's coming. That's coming. But basically, I've got an. Um, if you go on Facebook, my I have a page called Sue King, and then it's at Warrior Monk. Brilliant. Um, okay. Anything else you want to add to before we finish up? Uh, listen. Um, when I spoke to you, I told you this was going to be a fantastic episode, and, and I told you you would come across fantastically well and I promise you that you absolutely have done I've, I've had a brilliant time chatting with you anything else you want to explain before we, we finish up I'm, I'm just, I'd, do you know what I'm just really really grateful for the opportunity as, as I said when when you first messaged me I really thought what's this this, this person <laughs> winding me up and I kind of like read it and put the phone down I was like, no, I need to need that copy. I've only read half the message. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I read it. And when you sent the YouTube link, I was like, oh, right. And then I bottled it. I completely <laughs> bottled it. Um, so to be honest, I just want to say a really heartfelt thank you for giving me the My opportunity to, to, to showcase this. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful. Like, proper, really, really grateful. Oh, honestly, please, it's been... It's been my pleasure. Uh, okay, so it's yeah, that's us guys. We've went that's that's an hour and ten minutes gone already. It just even we start chatting, it just it just flies in. Uh, so the this is this is Saturday afternoon actually. We usually uh, release on a Saturday, but I'm I'm going to get this out tonight or, or first thing tomorrow morning. And, uh, I'll tag you in and all the social media stuff, and and hopefully people can 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 get it. All right, so. Yeah, do you know what? Thanks. I, I, I mean, seriously, thank you. I'm like, <laughs> you're too modest. I really appreciate it. You're too modest. Right, listen, we'll sign off Cheers. here and have a brilliant thank night. You. Okay? Right, okay. Cheers. Take care. Take See care. You soon. See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye.